example, I often think about if this were a different time in history, it may not have been possible to have have things move online or have the technology that was needed to keep things moving. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are definitely benefits. But I, I just I think that there's just something very special about being with somebody in person. I also think that people don't want to be distracted. I find mm-hmm. myself on Zoom after Zoom and I'm constantly distracted with other things that are going on. And I just think that the power of being in person and really soaking up what's happening in that moment is really important and what's sort of missing with, you know, some of the things that you can accomplish online. Welcome to Audible Insights, brought to you by the Insights Association and hosted by David Paul, founder of Dialsmith and Lillian Labs. Hey everyone, this is David Paul, and on this episode of Audible Insights, I'm talking with Sarah Kotva, Executive Vice President at Fieldwork. After one heck of a year in the focus group business, Sarah and I discussed the impact the pandemic has had on in-person research, how Fieldwork and others have adapted to those challenges, and the importance of safely returning to in-person qualitative research. Check it out. Hey Sarah, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So your last name is Katva. Yes, that's how you say it, Katva. And what, uh, what does that mean or what uh, language or nationality is that from? Well, it is a Czechoslovakian last name. And although I have never actually fact-checked it, I have heard that it, uh, it means anchor. I have been to Prague before and they have a, a department store, a Katva department store. But no relation? No, not that I know of. <laughs> not that I know of. You're you're not a descendant of the of the Kotva real retail royal family, giant. right? Well, thanks so much for for coming on and talking with us, sites, and we're kicking off the year with a focus on qualitative and specifically in person qualitative. So, speaking with you to kick things off is really a perfect way to start. It's an interesting time to have such a large part of your business um, in in-person qualitative, though I know that at field work you're you're so diversified and and have your you know your hands in so many different things that you're not 100% reliant on it, but obviously in-person qualitative and focus group facilities is a huge part of your business and 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 what you're known for. Um, not to belabor 2020 too much, but I think we'd be remiss if I didn't just start out by asking you, you know, how do you sum up last year for someone who's senior in a, in an in-person qualitative business? Uh, how do you, how do you sum up what was 2020? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's almost hard to answer that question because, you know, looking back at Fieldwork has been around for 40 years. Um, and like you said, the majority of our business has been really centered around the in-person element. So when that sort of got shut off, you were forced to find a different way to be successful. And we were very lucky that we did have other elements and different type of methodologies that we could incorporate to basically, you know, ultimately help our clients get what they needed. Yeah. And so uh, in addition to your in-person facilities, of course, you do have online solution. So you have um, field work, web work. Um, I imagine that that was a, a heavy part of, of last year. Is that correct? And tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. So field work, web work has been around for about a decade and it certainly was a, you know, another tool in the toolbox. Um, having 15 physical locations around the United States, 
um, you know, we just wanted to do what we've done over the last 40 years and sort of adapt to what our clients and our customers needed. So there was always a time that, you know, online and virtual focus groups and interviews, you know, fit well into clients' plans. So having that in our back pocket and having that to offer was always great. Obviously, in 2020 or 2020, um, it became a major focus and it was very critical to helping us sort of, uh, you know, move through the motions of 2020. Mm -hmm. So now as we start 2021, um, certainly the United States isn't, isn't in full lockdown by any means, but different states have different regulations. What's the current state of your facility footprint right now across the U.S.? Well, across the U.S., all of our all 15 of our facilities are open. They're not full by any means. And having, you know, the, the, the square footage and the room to allow our clients to basically have space rights has been really helpful in being able to execute in-person research. I know that a lot of uh, our clients have questions on how we how we do it and how we make it happen. And I know that everybody is on different levels of of their own you know, journey with how they feel about things. Certainly, we've taken every precaution to um, make sure that our clients feel comfortable and there is a lot of space to work with. Mm -hmm. I also see that uh, I believe it was you guys who did market some outdoor spaces. I imagine those won't be as popular in the winter, but had you set up <laughs> some outdoor spaces for in-person qual as well? Yes, we have. Uh, Crystal Martinez, who is um, the president of Fieldwork Anywhere, an, uh, another product that we set up for, you know, what our clients had been asking for was basically to set up, you know, to replicate what a focus group was like in any part of the, in the country or the world. And, and obviously having outside accessibility during this time has been very helpful. We do have a few facilities, uh, Fieldwork O'Hare in particular, that has a beautiful outdoor terrace that we've been able to utilize. And clients really like it, really like the opportunity to be outside, but still connect with their, their customer in person. Yeah, I've, I've never done or been part of a, a focus group outdoors, but I can certainly see in the nice weather how that, I really think that could lend itself to a really open, nice conversation as opposed to people being in a room, even if it's not windowless, the blinds are almost always drawn and it's, um, it's a different kind of vibe. So I think that could be really interesting. I think it is. I think that's exactly what it is. I think that when people sometimes think about the traditional focus group, they're just thinking about, you know, people in, in uh, a conference room sitting around a table and maybe, you know, they have different feelings about that. There are definitely ways to mix it up and to get closer with your consumer by doing things like being outside um, mm. and taking them into an environment that they feel more comfortable in. Yeah. What kinds of other alternative spaces do you guys have? Do you have like living room types of setups or other casual seating setups if, uh, if a moderator or a project is interested in something like that where people can sit on couches and chairs and sit more casually? Absolutely. And that is actually something in this environment that has been very helpful, sort of having your own space to work with, your own sort of seat table. So you have your own um, area. Um, I would say that the, the living room setup is something that we have done for for a long time. But as I said in the beginning, the fieldwork has been evolving for the last 40 years. And the way that we have designed our facilities 40 years ago is very different than we designed them today. We do a lot of bigger, more open spaces 
specifically to have people be able to have space around them, to be able to connect and to bring in those outside elements such as, you know, living room style seating that makes people feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. So, so much of last year focused on online qualitative. I know all of the work that I was involved in moved 100% really to uh, online IDIs and and online focus groups. Uh, there were some great things about it. I had a lot of clients and even colleagues who were happy to not have to travel and be able to do this kind sure. of work from home, spend less time on the road. Um, then on the flip side, there are all of the technological challenges of making sure that respondents are able to get online and, and have decent cameras and microphones and their lighting is okay and we're not looking up their nose from their webcam in their lap. Um, you name it. So I guess aside from those obvious things, what's what's your take on the distinct benefits of in-person qualitative versus what's able to be accomplished online? I certainly have an appreciation for what needed to be accomplished online, given the time that we were in. And I'm very thankful to have that ability. And I know that everybody in the industry was also very thankful. I often think about if this were a different time in history, um, you know, it may not have been possible to have have things move online or have the technology that was needed to keep things moving. So, mm -hmm. you know, there are definitely benefits. And like you said, travel and things like that. But I, I just I think that there's just something very special about being with somebody in person. I also think that I don't know about you, but I have been at different dinner tables that, you know, it's always put your phone away. People don't want to be distracted. I find mm -hmm. myself on Zoom after Zoom, and I'm constantly distracted with other things that are going on. And I just think that the power of being in person and really soaking up what's happening in that moment is really important and what's sort of missing with, you know, some of the things that you can accomplish online. I think that's a really astute observation of, of everything that I think is the big difference between the two. That lack of 100% focus online, I really think is the biggest issue. You know, if I can have someone's attention on a Zoom and I know that we're virtually looking each other in the eye and having a conversation, I don't really have a problem with that. I've gotten used to it. I'm, I'm relatively comfortable with it. But as soon as you detect that distraction from one person or it's even worse, of course, with a group of people. And like you said, I'm guilty of it myself, even when I try not right. to, it's almost impossible to not have my attention, um, you know, diverted in, in some other direction. So I do think that that's probably one of the number one benefits of getting people back in person face to face is just that undivided attention and that focus. Yeah. And I think it's the connection. I mean, I, I had traveled many, many years for work. I had been here, there and sort of everywhere. And, you know, I was very used to traveling and working on the road. When I came back to town, when I came back to Chicago and I went into my office, I never went into my office to do my job. I could have done my mm -hmm. job anywhere. I went in mm -hmm. to connect with my colleagues, to, you know, be part of that energy, that creative thought process, to be part of, you know, whatever sort of brainstorming we were do doing. And that was, I found a lot of fun. And that is truly what I miss the most about what's going on is just being with other people and that sort of interaction. And I just hear it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. And it's about connecting with other people. Yeah. The camaraderie of it. Absolutely. 
I hope you're enjoying this conversation. Sarah and I have a lot more to talk about, and we'll be back after this short message from our friends at Little Bird Marketing. Now more than ever, there's nothing like in-person research to deliver the voice and the views of the consumer. Face-to-face delivers on empathy, captures nuanced body language, and creates personal connections that can be explored further. All focus group facilities are committed to safe and socially distanced protocols to keep our teams, our clients, and our participants safe. People are engaged and excited to share new emotions, new buying patterns, and new ways that they're seeing the world. Clients need this deep insight to make the best possible decisions at this critical time. We're here, we're focused, and we're ready. For in-person research, it's time to embrace the research space. So um, you all, you put up an article on LinkedIn the other day and it started promoting a hashtag I hadn't seen yet. I'm assuming it's relatively new. Uh, the hashtag is face-to-face MRX. So tell us about that. What's your involvement in that and, and what, kind of a, what kind of a mission or vision is around that? The mission or vision is just to bring awareness to the power of in-person insights like we just sort of talked about, you know, there is something different about being face-to-face, being with other people um, and connecting on that level. And I certainly understand the the need to connect and use technology for sort of virtual groups and things like that. But I would say that the, the idea was to collaborate with our competitors to just help get the word out about all of the things that we're all doing to make the environment in which face-to-face research and in-person research can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, you mentioned competitors. I noticed that um, both the post and the article that went with it uh, very openly, uh, you know, not only, of course, was written by you, but also named all of the other prominent focus group, facility, and in-person research companies. So it seems like the industry is really coming together as a group to try to solve a problem and, and really putting competition aside. Yeah, I think that that we had no other choice to do that. And we're proud to do that because I think at the end of the day, we all realize we're trying to do this for our clients. Hmm. Um, you know, it's been difficult. Any business, like I mentioned in the article that has an in-person element, it's suffering. And we want to be here and we want to be around for our clients because I think that there are some really critical and awesome and beneficial things that happen through market research. And uh, I think everybody that's out there that we have worked with with the face-to-face hashtag, face-to-face MRX, um, has really been cooperative. And it's just been such a great thing to be a part of. Yeah, no, that's great. And clearly something that the Insights Association wants to support um, as well. Interestingly, I wanted to pivot to talk to you about events because the first major event of the Insights Association this year is uh, this qualitative conference that's coming up in March called the Y Conference. Um, But before we get into that, what's your event strategy for 2021? I know that fieldwork in general is heavily uh, invested in really all of the events in our industry. And uh, they've all gone online at this point. Many of them are free at this point. Um, what, what are you guys thinking about and planning for, um, for events here in 2021? I think we're trying to plan to continue to be involved. We would like to continue to learn and to network like we've always done. 
with things being virtual or being online, there's also a lot of benefits to that. I have participated in more sort of one-off webinars or discussions than I probably ever would have or had the opportunity to do in the past. And I think it's Mm -hmm. been amazing. Certainly, we are ready, willing, and able to participate in person when the time is right. Um, And that's sort of the strategy to continue to participate, to continue to support. The Insights Association has always been um, a great a great association to be a part of. They have done so many wonderful things during this time to lift up the entire industry. You know, I think our strategy is just to continue to participate in the virtual level until we can come all back together again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, like you, uh, I've been able to attend events last year in 2020 that I would have never been able to attend before. That's been a wonderful byproduct. For instance, I've always wanted to go to the Dublin Tech Summit, and I could never quite justify enough in my mind uh, flying over to Dublin for that event, even though I was really dying to go. And they went online and free last year. And I got to attend online and listen to all of those talks and speakers. And that's an opportunity I would have never had. Uh, I also got the opportunity to speak at some events last year that I don't think I would have had the chance to speak at uh, if I either had to travel to them or if they weren't kind of changing the types of speakers that they were looking for. So personally, I feel like if we're all positive and open-minded, there are opportunities in everything. And while we certainly can't make light of the challenges last year, and mine is a small business and we absolutely struggled and felt it. Um, there are silver linings and benefits all over the place if we can be optimistic and positive and, and open-minded and look for those, right? I could not agree more. I think that this, you know, it was hard. It was difficult. You look back and you think, you know, I can't even believe that we're at this point now. Um, I'm very proud of what has been accomplished. And in some ways, it may have been necessary in the business to go through some of these hurdles, but I I just, I do think that there's a lot of connection out there. I think that no matter where you sit in your business or in your life, people are feeling some level of isolation or, you know, desire to be back together, be back in person. And since that's not possible at all times, especially for these larger conferences, you know, this, this industry is wonderful. It's incredibly supportive and it's also incredibly social. So we're all missing out on that. But I do think I agree with you. I think there have been a lot of opportunities and I see a lot of opportunities on the horizon. And I hope this is a habit that I get to stick with. I mean, I don't think that things are going to be complimentary or free forever, but I certainly hope that, you know, people continue to take advantage of, you know, an hour here, an hour there and participate because I have been, like I said, doing that a little bit more and I have seen a huge huge benefit for myself professionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually I'm not an advocate for free. I do think that um, I think every online event should charge. Um, I think on one hand you get what you pay for. And I think there's really no reason that an event just because it's online needs to be free. I know that last year everyone was trying to step up and be part of the solution. And I greatly appreciate those who put together some incredible programs and chose to not charge for it. And that's a great short-term thing to do. But personally, um, you know, I'm an advocate for the fact that all of these organizations do have to make money to survive. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that they don't have to rent hotel ballrooms and feed everyone, they can afford to charge a fraction of the price. But I certainly do personally hope that they that they do start to feel comfortable 
charging so that they can keep doing what they're doing and we can still pay a fraction of what we would have had to pay in order to get those kinds of benefits. Yeah, I think a fraction is a very fair compromise. And I also think it adds a level of commitment um, and adds a level of commitment and, and, you know, accountability for myself to Mm -hmm. show up. I agree. Well, so let me just mention the Insights Association new qualitative event. So it's called the Y Conference, Advances in Qual Research and Behavioral Science, Understanding the Why Behind the What. And it's going to be March 9th and 10th. It will be uh, online. And for anyone who wants to learn more, you can go to insightsassociation.org slash conference slash Y dash conference. And that's the letter Y dash conference. And we'll make sure to put it in the show notes uh, of this show anywhere that that's possible. Of course, you could always just go to the insightsassociation.org website and find it there. I, I do find it actually really interesting that they're calling it advances in qual research and behavioral science. Personally, a lot of my work is rooted in behavioral science. And I think it's personally, I think it's fascinating to see the, the world of insights and, and kind of social psychology, behavioral science really start to start to merge in this way. Have you seen that evolving over the last few years at the events you're attending as well? Absolutely. And I, I definitely think that the pandemic has accelerated that on many levels. I think it's great. What's your, I guess, as we wrap up, what's your, what's your outlook? What's your prognosis for for 2021 as you look ahead and you think about the year. We already talked about trying to be positive and optimistic, but you know, we don't want to we don't want to be false about that or uh, or unrealistic either. So, you know, when you put your head down on the pillow at night and you think about what's coming, um, what what's your outlook for 2021? My outlook right now is just to be ready. Be ready, be talking about things, be throwing up all different possibilities and be planning and be you know, willing to try something. And if it doesn't work, try again. Um, I think that things are continuing to unfold all around us. And we're not in this alone. Everybody is going through some level of discomfort, change, growth. And I just think you have to be willing to participate in whatever that is and do your best. And you know, you, you, you just got to keep one step in front of the other. Mm-hmm. I love that. Be ready. I think that's a great mantra for this year. I'm going to adopt that as well. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us and, and talking to us about what Fieldwork is up to, what you're up to, uh, your outlook for the year. You're uh, a leader in our industry. Um, in addition to being a super nice person, you're tremendously well-respected. And uh, we appreciate your voice and giving us a little bit of your time today. So thanks so much and best of luck to you and all of our colleagues and friends at Fieldwork. Yes, thank you so much. And thanks to the Insights Association. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. You can find all our episodes by searching Audible Insights on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And by visiting insightsassociation.org audible. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.